Hello and welcome to the Stack Magazine's podcast. My name is Stephen Watson, I'm the founder of Stack, and this week I'm speaking to Ricarda Messner, one of the two editors behind Sofa, the Berlin-based magazine that dedicates itself to exploring themes like teenagers, cyber love, masculinity, and most recently play. We delivered their play issue to Stack subscribers this month, March 2020, and Ricarda dropped in at the Stack office a few weeks ago to speak about what they call their visually exhilarating roller coaster ride. As Ricarda notes, we first spoke about Sofa on the Stack podcast back in episode 6, sitting under a tree at the Indicon Festival in Hamburg in, I think, 2016. So I was really pleased that we had the opportunity to catch up again and get an insider's view on how the project has progressed. Um, If you're a Stack subscriber, I hope this will also help to give some context on the weird thing that we dropped through your door uh, a few weeks ago. And of course, if you're not a Stack subscriber, but you like the sound of Sofa, uh, you should sign up for our surprise magazine club and we'll deliver a different title to you every month. You can find all the information you need about that at stackmagazines.com. But first, I hope you'll enjoy this conversation with Ricarda Messner from Sofa. Hey, Ricarda, thanks so much for coming over. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for the coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, you, you are an old hand on the Stack podcast because you're one of the people who have been on before. So I, I checked back and episode six mm-hmm. of the podcast in October 2016 mm-hmm. was you mm-hmm. talking about this mm-hmm. new idea you had mm-hmm. for this magazine called Sofa. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now here we are, March 2020. Um, and Time flies by. It flies. Oh. And we, we just sent this weird magazine out right. to our subscribers so what are people going to get? What are they going to see? Um, well, they're going to see the fourth issue of Sofa, um, which is about play. Um, and they, and I mean, I hope they will look at it and first of all, maybe have a big smile on their face. Because I think that's also what the main intention is a bit about doing the playtime issue. Um, but yeah, I just hope they will turn the pages and just really feel highly entertained and moved and um, uh, inspired to think in ways they haven't thought about play before. Okay, so take us all the way back to 2016 okay. and this first impulse mm-hmm. to make this magazine called Sofa. Mm-hmm. Like, what is that and why did you want to do it in the first place? Um, I think also, I mean, I haven't actually listened back to what I was um, talking to you about. Um, I just remember, yeah, um, I was sitting under a tree at IndieCon. Um, And I think also for everyone that makes a magazine or I think for every project, it also takes maybe some years for you to also really understand. And I think with this issue, actually, the SOFA team also finally understands what we're doing. and as probably some people know, but I, I publish Flaneur or I'm part of the Flaneur Collective. And I think around four years ago, there was kind of this urge for me to start a magazine that actually breaks a bit the trend that we've been seeing in the indie market where everything was highly, insanely costly produced. Um, also, obviously, was or is kind of, I mean, not expensive, but, you know, uh, I mean, you have to charge them for these magazines. Um, and I wanted to play with the aesthetic of trash, which I also just genuinely enjoy in my private life, and to see if that's possible to also introduce 
into the indie market. So a bit playing on the mass media aesthetics. Um, and then Sofa was born. And I mean, yeah, if you look at Sofa, it costs six euro. I don't know how much that is in pound now with the currency. Uh, <laughs> it's probably about six pounds. It's probably about the same. Exactly, yeah. Uh, so that's probably six pounds. Um, it's printed on one paper stock. Um, and I think actually the aesthetic really was part in the beginning of of the overall concept. So um, to produce something that is maybe at first easy to digest, but then it plays also with a lot of like profound topics or it talks about it also in profound ways, but maybe makes it a bit more easier to get into things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. And so you started with uh, an issue about teenagers Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I think you did cyber love and masculinities and as you say, just don't play. Mm -hmm. So all all of these Mm -hmm. are quite kind of buzzy Mm -hmm. concepts. They're the kind of things that people are talking about. What makes you want to add to that conversation? I think it's actually also, so I do the magazine with Kaya, who's um, my co-editor and who lives in Montreal. And I mean, that's also maybe interesting to say. So, so far only gets produced editorially over probably 100 texts a day and Mm. over 100 emails a day. I see Kaya maybe once in two years. Um, And I think like Kaya and I just very organically, I mean, she's one of my closest friends and we just talk about whatever interests us. And I think we always then see sort of a resonance that happens in conversations like in our cultural affairs or in pop culture. Um, And then it's somehow just our own selfish interest in these topics. And then we want to have a closer look at it. And then we also see it popping up everywhere. So you basically want to investigate a subject yourselves and what better way of doing that than making a magazine about it. But you don't do that in the easiest possible way because Mm -hmm. I I love quoting uh, Mm -hmm. magazine makers from things they've written. So uh, in the introduction to this issue, uh, you've written, Sofa is supposed to feel like a visually exhilarating roller coaster ride through various sometimes opposing emotions and opinions on everything from the politics of power to the aesthetics of butt cheeks. Right. Couldn't have put it better myself. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. But it also took us literally four issues, you know? It was like, okay, what are we even doing? And how can we also explain this magazine? Like, it's kind of interesting. I also really appreciate when people actually tell you how they perceive it. So we've been gotten a lot of opinions or feedbacks where people actually tell us the magazine is actually the internet, how it maybe once was or how it should be. Um, and that's also something that I think is very spot on about Sofa. So yeah, I think it's probably a printed magazine that just feels like the good old internet days. I, I love that. I yeah. love the, the and, and there are so many magazines out, well not so many, but there are yeah. some magazines mm-hmm. at the moment which are being made by young people mm-hmm. like you. Not who, that young anymore. Come on, you're young compared to me. <laughs> who are trying to use print to mm-hmm. get a handle on what is this digital world right. that we're living in. Yeah. And so, so tell us, so why is print a useful way for you to do that? I mean, obviously the aspect of taking time, I think, um, is, is part of it. And also if you just look at the internet, I mean, the, the way that now we're living on the internet or also how we're communicating on the internet is very much on platforms that 
don't give any freedom anymore. I mean, you know, we're obviously tricked into democratic, visual, whatever languages, but obviously, I mean, look at Instagram, like the, the format is already pre-written. Sure, then you can post whatever you kind of want. Also, side note, you also sometimes can't just post, you know, what you want. There's also huge visual censorship involved or, you know, the death of Tumblr. And I mean, we all know what's sort of going on with these big companies. So... Again, if you do something indie and then obviously in print, um, you I feel like actually probably we, you can have way more fun even these days than, mm -hmm. than compared um, on the internet because there you have to conform way more to aesthetics um, and things that work and then the algorithm game and da-da-da. I mean, yeah, it's... It's, it's sad, you know, because, I mean, we truly love the Internet. And I think also most of the content that we then discuss in SOFA is about what's happening on the Internet and the culture that we observe. But the place itself is just, um, yeah, not heading, unfortunately, the right way. Uh, and I love seeing the way that that gets filtered through onto the page. Mm -hmm. So, uh, again, like to go back to that quote, the, the roller coaster ride. Mm -hmm. It genuinely feels like that. It kind of feels overwhelming sometimes. Right. The, like page to page, yeah. you're being bounced from one mm -hmm. thing to the next. Mm -hmm. What is it about that exhilarating, like kind of oversaturation of content that, that why is that the way that you want to, pr to, to tell these stories? I mean, so the, the design part or the design world gets created by the amazing studio Kiko, who also do Flaneur, but um, it's also for them, I think, the funnest project, or they, they like to say that, so I believe them. Um, <laughs> and when we started talking about it, I mean, obviously, we also had for inspiration, you know, kind of like the trashy, glossy magazines that we know from kiosk stands. But I think they also really treat, yeah, every story... I mean, most of the stories are actually very emotional and raw um, that we get in, and they're often also kind of personal accounts. So I think for them, it's also just very important to give them their own universe in, times, in terms of like a design language. Um, and I think also with this issue, they even done a better job of just going even more insane and creating really on every page like its own sort of um, visual world. Um, yeah, and there's a, a lot of that is this kind of unreality. Mm -hmm. This kind of like there are so many yeah. CG avatars yeah. in there, and yeah. there are so many things that have been distorted or played mm -hmm. with, or it, it almost feels like you're saying this is the world. This is how we see the yeah. world. Yeah. But it's not so simple as, yeah. you know, we can't encapsulate this whole thing and put it on the page. And that is the yeah. definitive truth. Yeah, yeah, completely. And I mean, it's, yeah, it's emotionally overwhelming. And I think we're just trying to um, present that as much as we can editorially. And then also from like a graphic um, perspective. Um, yeah, and I hope it works. And I hope, yeah, people, I don't know, the people who are getting now so far will feel overwhelmed. <laughs> we want to yeah. overwhelm yeah. our subscribers. Exactly. Uh, I should say, I'm going to send this out at the end of the month so mm -hmm. people will have had a chance to read their magazines before they get this. Um, one of the really central parts uh, of making sofa uh is these ridiculously ambitious mag jam things that mm. you do so mm. I, I don't did you do that in the first issue or did no. that come along somewhere in the middle that, that kind of started with the third issue because i think we were realizing i mean as i was saying i think every issue starts also me and kaya texting over a hundred times and obviously we also very much believe in the different form of how we communicate these days 
Um, and quite literally, Sofa was born also while sitting on a sofa in terms of, I think, the way that one then talks when they're on a sofa with friends or people. There's already like an intimate um, yeah, setting. And we introduced this with the last issue, which was around masculinities, where we then actually rented a house outside of Berlin and had six um, men from different backgrounds um, live with us. And we just started very intimately talking with them about sexuality, what it means to be a man uh, these days. And um, then they basically, the conversations just get transcribed um, uh, into, yeah, a conversation that you can like read. Um, so it's very much the also the slogan that we kind of have for Sofa, life is a chat room. Um, and we've done this also now for this issue, which basically kicked off with a Mac Jam in Sao Paulo in Brazil that we've done with girls from Latin America around the topic of gaming. So that was kind of also for us maybe the entry point as editors to sometimes feel... I think, you know, when you're an editor, you sometimes also have stories in mind and how you want to approach things. But also as an editor, I think you have to always take a moment to listen first and sense um, certain aspects, especially, you know, if you're, I mean, these girls that are gamers and that even like code games, they have a much bigger insight into that world. So um, we were spending with them two weeks on site and that was sort of our emotional even kickoff. And mm. then we started with the rest. And, and I, I love the way that then you allow that to take you in unexpected mm -hmm. directions mm -hmm. because so that you in Sao Paulo, mm -hmm. um, I think that most of the girl gamers mm -hmm. were from South America. Yes. Yeah. And so they talk about gaming and creativity, mm -hmm. which I guess you kind of expect mm -hmm. in that mm -hmm. conversation. Mm -hmm. But then also religion mm -hmm. becomes really mm -hmm. big. And mm -hmm. the, the fact that they're coming from these Catholic backgrounds and what yeah. does that mean? Yeah. That for me feels so much more exciting mm -hmm. than just commissioning a writer yeah. and sending them off yeah. to investigate it. Yeah. Um, and that obviously also only comes if you if you sit down and just like ask them questions and create kind of an atmosphere where they feel they can talk. I mean, it obviously also took kind of like a minute and maybe the first days were a bit intense for them. But like over the course of two weeks, we, you know, we become very close and we even have we still have a WhatsApp girl games um, WhatsApp uh, groove where we text basically every day. And some of the girls are even doing our website that will finally launch soon. <laughs> so the universe is beautifully completed. Yeah. Nice. But, but I mean, surely you shouldn't be able to do any of this stuff. You're like, you're a really small independent magazine. Yeah. How are you bringing together mm. a bunch of South American girl gamers for a few days in Sao Paulo to do this <laughs> yeah, thing? Sounds, what's, what's going on? Yeah, yeah. it sounds very, um, I mean, the thing is that I think with Sofa or we also, I mean, the magazine is one element of it, but we like to kind of now think more of a universe. Um, and one of the aspects, uh, um, aspects of the of the universe are definitely also talks and workshops. So we pitched this to the local Goethe Institute who have been looking into doing something around gaming. And then obviously with their support, they got um, different Goethe Institutes from Latin America on board. It was like six countries involved. Um, and then they um, found a way of funding this and uh, very, yeah, thankfully flew all the girls in, which was also so beautiful to see how they were all getting united in Sao Paulo from across Latin America. And two girls from Germany and then, yeah, Kaya and I um, were basically emotionally hosting this because we're not gamers and coders ourselves. So we were basically... Um, 
yeah, doing these like talks or proposing what we want to maybe explore with these girls. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So you set these birds free. Like you, mm -hmm. you, you, you send a bunch of stuff out into the world mm -hmm. and then you sit back and you wait to see what comes mm -hmm. in. Which were the stories in this one that you thought, okay, this has nailed it. The, this is really doing what we wanted to do. Um, of course, I'm going to say every story. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Lame. <laughs> um, I think what was interesting, or also for us, I mean, we obviously always kind of start maybe with like, okay, maybe these are stories that interest us. And actually all of the ones that we maybe wrote down didn't end up mm, um, mm, mm. in the magazine. I mean, we wanted to always do something about maybe like parent-child sort of dynamics, you know, around playtime. But yeah, none of this really came about. And I mean, I think we have a very um, open approach and also I think often just sort of observe our own friend groups or what's going on in there. And then, for example, a friend of mine, he's been dating an actual clown like over the course of our summer. And obviously the clown being such a symbol of like childhood or just in general play. And then, you know, you just start talking and then, yeah, basically I was just like, don't you want to like talk about this? And then he wrote uh, hot clown summer. And then because also then you see like the clown also in pop culture as becoming more and more of like a meme or a thing. And so I think it's a very, this is what I mean. I think a very um, honest approach of also observing daily conversations that one just has all the time and then bringing them sort of together in that weird sofa experience. Um, yeah. I, I think my favorite was the piece by, um, I think it's a, a woman who lives in Berlin mm -hmm. and she's an author and like maybe a, a cultural mm -hmm. theorist. Mm -hmm. um, and she wrote about TikTok and her 11 year old sister right. and the way that yeah, she yeah. hates, she hates TikTok yeah. and she hates the way yeah. that makes her feel because yeah. she recognizes mm -hmm. all the behaviors that her parents used mm -hmm. to like put onto her. How is she saying, I can probably already now quote it, but like in a classic parental move. Yeah, she uh, at first sort of, um, yeah hated TikTok, but then had a closer look at it, yeah. And, and I think still kind of hates it by yeah. the end. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, I, and I think that what's so interesting there is, so, you know, here mm -hmm. you are, you millennials, with your magazines, that, you know, <laughs> writing about yeah. things that you think, yeah. but, but you're not the youngest ones anymore. Mm -mm. You know, there's mm -mm. this new generation coming through, and, and so to see somebody trying to come to terms with why do I feel this way about this new thing and what does that mean? Mm -hmm. I just found really interesting and really enjoyable. Mm -hmm. the, like the, that's the thing about the magazine. Like it just generally is, mm -hmm. I think it's interesting and a lot of fun at the same time. That's, I mean, that makes me actually very happy to hear because, you know, I think, I think also especially if you do a first issue around teenagers um, and that generation, I mean, and the aesthetic obviously is so much about youth culture. Mm -hmm. I think one of the maybe big challenges that we still have to fight is that we don't just get reduced to like kind of, I think people still just assume we're just a magazine for teenagers. And then every time they also get their hands on sofa, first of all, the first reaction is like, oh, there's a lot of text happening because they just assume <laughs> it's just trashy images yeah, yeah, and they yeah. turn, they're like, ooh, it's quite also sometimes some challenging um, articles and thoughts. So I think or that's a bit also our main goal that to make it just very intergenerational and that, I mean, there's no 
age limit um and then also yeah the stories you know kind of like um show that or show still different generations coming together mm. um and especially with this issue it would be so amazing to just actually see not like old people but you know not just our generation read this and not be you know maybe kind of um shied away from it just because it's loud and vibrant mm. and they think oh i'm past mm. these mm. emotions mm. i mean this is exactly what this issue is about it's like we just all and need to feel baby you know to survive and i think to also recharge to take on all of this insane mess okay so you're dropping feel baby in here yeah. as if that's that so i've read the magazine <laughs> so i know what you mean but yeah. um where do you go with this from here mm -hmm. so you've been roughly one a year mm -hmm. um, since you started yeah. is the plan to stay on an annual publishing schedule I think the the printing schedule is once a year so the next one we hope is going to come out in December um, actually so we might do December January maybe I can already reveal the topic should on, I reveal it okay it's I believe okay yeah um, so let's see how that goes. Um, but the idea is, yeah, basically to do once um, a year print and then to really now get on the digital spheres mm -hmm. to build the universe there, to launch finally our website, also a bit with a special concept. That's what I can say. Because um, we also think the website itself is dead mm -hmm. at this point. Mm -hmm. um, so we've been like thinking about, should we even do a website? And if yes, in what way? So you'll see. Um, and then we just want to actually host more of these very intimate talks um, and just come together with people and yeah, talk about um, whatever um, we think um, is interesting and um, then maybe also have them online. But I also think sometimes, you know, in our era where obviously everything is so visible and also that's your currency, also sometimes maybe to find ways how to collaborate with brands to just also have conversations that don't need to then live on the internet mm. so to really actually i don't know maybe be a bit more genuine about this mm. okay so 20 minutes in and we mentioned brands uh -huh. because the yeah. it struck me that uh -huh. so much of what you do in mm. this is it's like three millimeters away mm -hmm. from mm -hmm. what a trends agency mm -hmm. would do mm -hmm. or and this is absolutely not a trend mm -hmm. report you know mm -hmm. you're, you're not synthesizing mm -hmm. this then into a neat conclusion mm -hmm. for somebody mm -hmm. but it feels like you could um yeah i mean i i also can say that maybe in the past i mean some i think also trend agencies order so far that's also what i can kind of see um from the orders coming in but um i mean we're we're trying to find our way how we can collaborate with brands that works for us because obviously i mean everyone knows how we live in a day and age where it's been so heavily dictated by brands and i think doing such a pop cultural magazine to avoid brand collaborations would also be wrong like i mean it, it kind of i mean that would be i don't know yeah that would be weirdly trying to fake the reality. So obviously we, we have some relationships with brands who also support um, some of the stories we've been doing. Not not the editorial, it's then more the fashion stuff. Um, but then for example, also the talks, like when we did the masculinity issue, um, the the talk with a man about sexuality was sponsored by YouPorn or they gave us a bit of money. And then for of course, they're interested in the maybe reading what is being talked about, but they're also just trying to 
give us the chance to have these conversations mm -hmm. about topics. So I think we're still trying to somehow figure it out. And I mean, sure, if some brands want to have an insight into certain topics, I mean, they can like reach out. But yeah, right now, I think um, we're the next step is basically to create like a digital world for us and then take it from there. Yeah. All right. Well, good luck getting into digital. I hear that websites might be dead, but, yeah. uh, you know, you do that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, obviously on Stack, we'll be looking forward to seeing the next print issue yes. at the end of this year, or maybe 2021. Yeah, let's see. Yeah, I believe in print, in <laughs> sofa and everything. Yeah. Okay, that's all for this week. I would like to say thanks again to Ricarda for coming over to speak to me. Uh, of course, that was before the coronavirus restrictions came into force across Europe. So uh, I'm really pleased that we managed to squeeze that in while we still could. This podcast has always been recorded in person, sitting in the same room as the interviewee. But from next week, we're going to try recording it remotely. So I hope you'll listen out for that. Uh, just follow us wherever you get your podcasts and we'll be able to deliver that and all of our future episodes to you as soon as they're ready. Thank you very much for listening to this one and we'll be back with another episode next week.